destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. And with us this week, again returning from the depths, is Dylan, friend of the show. Hello. 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 They have they have woken me up from stasis to discuss Gex. Spoilers. Yeah, way to way to give it away, Dylan. That's the last you can segment. Read the title. Well, well, I was going to try to dupe everyone into thinking we were talking about Kingdom Hearts and then do the, the old Gex bait and switch and then oh, change okay. I gears. Can, I can, but I can say Kingdom gotta... Hearts and then dub it over. Dub over what I said is Kingdom Hearts. All right, and you know what? Let's go. Let's go back to one, Larry. Start us over again. Okay. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh huh. Uh huh. And joining us this week, returning to the show, Dylan. Hi. Uh-huh. Hi. Uh-huh. Okay, now Larry, keep yeah. all of it in. I I know I was going to. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, we're on the same page. With Don't this. ruin the bit. <laughs> uh, so starting off. News. What do we got for news this week? Tell me all about news? it. News. Uh, I got a. I got a whole bunch of news. Uh, I have news that I am very angry about. Oh no. Well, why don't we start with your very angry news, and then we'll get. What's to got the... you toasted, Larry? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, you know how I have talked in the past about how certain games really need to be patched for the PlayStation Five, just unlock the frame rate, and they would be way better. Oh yeah. You know, some of those that I talk about in particular, such as, uh, Judgment? Oh, right. This thing. (laughs) So they're putting out a PlayStation 5 version of Judgment, it turns out. Nope, if you bought it on PS4, too bad. You get to buy it again. So So Larry, you're going to rebuy Judgment, is what you're saying. (laughs) Eventually, when it gets cheap, but not until then. Well, I've seen you tweet now too that you would totally rebuy all of the Yakuza games if they got released on the PlayStation Five, which I definitely believe that. If they got cheap, yeah, but I'm not going to pay yeah. like I. So at least it's not full price. They're not pulling in Nintendo and charging sixty dollars. I think it's forty. Yes. Um, yeah. But still, like I'm gonna wait until that's twenty or so, which really should not take that long. I. So I think this one also is digital only, which is pretty annoying. Well, they, um, hey, maybe, who knows? Because we had that thing where we thought Yakuza Like a Dragon was not getting a actual physical edition for the PlayStation 5, and then just today I saw that they put a listing up for that. So, yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the deal is with that, if maybe some of this stuff is just they're not committing to a physical edition until very late, or... Maybe. I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's... um. <laughs> that... <laughs> 
who knocked over pots maybe and didn't, pans. <laughs> maybe didn't get picked up on the recording, but there was just a whole bunch of pots and pans. No, that was not on my end, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's just doing dishes while we talk about Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, it's judgment talks that Dylan decided to get some chores done. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not I'm not one of the ten people who owns a PS5, so yeah. might as well get some chores done. Yeah. Uh, one so, of Dylan's ten ferrets just ran across the kitchen and knocked everything over. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that thing is annoying. Uh, but luckily, because Judgment ran so badly on the PlayStation Four, I didn't get that far into it. So at least I won't have to restart it. Hooray! Well, also, it looks weird. Like, have you seen the comparison shots of it? No, because I just found out about this like this morning. Well, I think right that's why we did this. I think that's why it was announced or something. Because I also just found out about it this morning. It looks like they completely changed the color grading in it. Specifically, oh. the main character Yakami, I think, is his name. Like his skin tone is completely different. Like it's much lighter and like less sort of orangish than it was before, and his eyes look different. It's weird. Mm. But like. In, in it looks way, like that's... Tom Holland now. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> that, that is kind of good though. Like it does mean they're actually putting work into it instead of just upscaling it. Um, sure. Because because it also there are definite improvements with the lighting. Like there's shadows from his hair on his face and everything. So that's good. Um, yeah. it, it makes it make a bit more sense that they're charging for it. But still, if you're a freak like me and already bought it. Give give me a little. Let me pay twenty dollars for it at least. Give me something. This is going to be very cool when you eventually buy it and then it goes for free on PlayStation Plus. Oh, that'll probably happen at some point because, um, Kiwami One was free on PS Plus. I think yeah. Zero did, was. Did we talk about that last week? How you bought no. Control and then Control went up on <laughs> okay, yeah, because I think that they announced that stuff after we had finished recording. Yeah, you had bought Control and then, of course, that's one of the free games on PlayStation Plus this month, so you had to like finagle a refund through yeah. PSN. Yeah, I had to get a refund. Well, thankfully, I just bought it like twelve days before that announcement. I think two weeks is the thing for refunds. Yeah. The, really dodging a bullet. On though that. the weird thing is, they said I had already downloaded it, and I had not. Like I couldn't because the PS5 version is not out till today, uh, when it yeah. becomes available on PS Plus. Uh, apparently, what I think happened is that I automatically tried to download the PS4 version to my PS4, which is not plugged in. I think that's what happened. Either way, I was still able to mm. get a refund for it. Thankfully, it's the only time I've ever refunded anything on PlayStation. It was fairly easy. I had oh, to, I good. refunded back in like 2013 or 14 because I tried to get Metal Gear Solid 3 HD and I got the fucking PS Vita version oh so oh. I had to call them and explain to them like hey I can't read could I please get my money back on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah did it work I did get my money back and I bought the proper HD version of Metal Gear Solid 3 okay good uh, yeah, I say, they ha- uh, well, I know, like, trying to get refunds on PlayStation stuff is pretty hit or miss. Yeah. I would say getting, re- Dylan, getting refunds uh, on Steam is actually really easy, though. I know. George gets refunds, like, on half the games he buys. Oh, yeah. No, it's a good scam I got going on because no one over there at Valve gives a shit about following their refund policy. So they'll just, you know, give you one whenever, basically. Yeah. yeah. I refunded one recently. That I bought because it looked interesting It was like a 
kind of a survivalish type game. Uh, I don't even Hydronier, I think it was called. And then I started it, and like nothing in it worked. And also, even if it did work, it seemed like it would be a huge pain to actually play because it had no inventory system. The whole thing was just like you have to grab the shovel and move it to wherever you are, and then run back and grab the bucket and move it back and everything. I was like, I do not want to deal with this. Isn't uh, that how Trespasser worked? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, you have to look down at your <laughs> boob to see how much health you have. Uh, and then the dinosaur comes by and he does a really cool walk. Walk the dinosaur. Um, so yeah, I, I did refund that, but that's about it. Someday huh. I'll find the ideal survival game. Something kind of like Subnautica, but doesn't make me crap my pants in fear. Is what I'm looking for. Uh, uh, what's Returnal? That's a survival game, right? Returnal. No, that's it's the a, one with that's the Housemark uh... game. Okay, I thought it was that it's like procedurally generated and it's based on like it's a survival thing. That's no. what I thought that game was. It, it might it might have procedurally generated levels, but no, that's like a third person shooter. It, okay, it, I know it has procedurally generated levels. I'm fairly confident about that, but I thought it had like survival mechanics in it as well. No, it's just a shooter. Like uh, Housemark's whole thing is like bullet hell games. Like they made Resogun okay. and others. Uh, ne- Next well, Machina. Then... I will probably be more interested in it than I was. Yeah, Returnal knowing looks that good. It's not a survival game. Uh, so yeah, I famously do not like survival games. Although I, I don't know if it's a, a similar thing with you, or maybe I've just not found one that is really like connected with me. Uh, but I think I know a lot of people who are into them, and I've just never been able to. I just think it's that a lot of them are bad. Like they're all just like glitchy messes. Oh, yeah. um, like that, I said, that's really what's colored my 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 view of them. It's like I've tried Rust, and I was like, this is. Barely functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Like every survival game feels like it's been coded by. Because did did you see when the code for uh, Rust got released? It was near incomprehensible code that that not even like the programmers would be able to understand. <laughs> no, but that's not surprising. It's like every every survival game is using that code base. Cool. Oh great. Yeah, I. I have a friend who keeps telling me to get into ARK and I have to keep telling Ugh, him no. No. <laughs> like, again, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I played quite a bit of Subnautica and I did like it. It's just that uh, with my issues with Deep Ocean stuff, at a certain point that game becomes unplayable for me. Like, I liked it up, up until it's like you get to a part of the ocean where it just drops off into nothing and I'm like, hmm. All right, now I'm do it in d- VR. I'm done with this. Oh man, <laughs> just Larry on the floor screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I admire a developer doing an entire game of a water level. Oh, yeah. So they they did an expansion of it too with like uh, ice stuff, um, which again probably all right. I don't know. I'll never know. But uh, George, just I would say just install Subnautica from my library. See, like, try it out. See how you like it. Because that's yeah, like, that it's show. probably the most feature complete survival game. It actually has a story in it. You can play it beginning to end. Uh, it's not glitchy. Like I didn't really encounter anything I mean, really messy while playing it. it. Subnautica is really good. It's actually really yeah. Before we started recording today, you asked me, George, what are you going to play next? It's the question on everybody's tongue. And uh, (laughs) I was thinking, so look, I've been on Facebook. I've been talking to this lady about buying a 13-inch CRT for $10. It's it's a little Magnavox. Uh, It 
It only has composite, which is not ideal for me. I want something with S-Video, but it'll get the job done. Uh, she has a lot of posts where she likes things related to ketamine. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it's $10 <laughs> for this CRT. <laughs> and I'm thinking about meeting up at the uh, Walmart parking lot yeah. and making the exchange at, at some point this week. If she would just fucking get back to me. Well, anyway, that happens. She has, she has her priorities. Yeah. Hey, look, I've been having some trouble falling asleep, so maybe I can score some ketamine on the side. I, I don't know. You're just out there like Agent 47, just saying, I am high. <laughs> would you also like to be high? <laughs> I'm selling drugs. Would you like some? What if my neighbors threw out their CRT? And it's like a really big, like, like CRT, and it's beautiful. I was looking at it, and they had a note next to it that said, anyone can take this. And I was I was scanning it over. I'm like, oh hell yeah, this is mine. The back so of the note just says like, full of bees. Oh no. Well, I no no no. I checked to make sure there were no bees in it. Oh, that's or good. cockroaches. Yeah, so, so I, that's that's the point where the ketamine lady stopped replying to me as I asked, like, have you been keeping this in a dry, clean place? Because I have come into contact with some CRTs in this area that have had German cockroaches all up in there. Uh, and I do not want to take a chance on that. And they said it is. And so I was like, okay, 10 bucks. Do you want to meet up? And I have not heard back. She's so. getting the cockroaches out. Yeah. Or she's or she's putting the cockroaches in, <laughs> which is even worse. <laughs> you know what happened the day I was going to go get that CRT? Because I had to wait a day because I was going to have a buddy come help me. And that's when uh, Nebraska got hit with the biggest snowstorm of the year. No, no, that CRT is ruined now. Yep. Completely <sighs> done for. Christ. And CRTs are very expensive if you try to buy them online because, of course, a lot of people know that people want them for video games, so they jack the price way up on them. Uh, well, I've, I've kept still my been... Panasonic for years, so I still have mine, but it's a pretty modest-sized one. Yeah, I had like one of those flat-screen CRTs, which are really good because then the pixels are uniform across the display, and uh, I got rid of it when I moved because it was pretty big. And I was going between states, and I regret not just sucking it up and paying the shipping on it. But like, even then, I... Man, just thinking about all the CRTs I've had that I could have kept. Anyway, 10 bucks, Walmart parking lot. Uh, I have news. <laughs> yeah, news. Hey, you know how Nintendo games famously play super good online? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, wait. No, they don't. Never mind. Uh... Nintendo is getting rid of NEX, which is the uh, software they've been using for 10 years now. Uh, interesting thing to note that I did not know about uh, from Oatmeal Dome on Twitter. Uh, quote, NEX is at least 18 years old now, so it's dated. The Splatoon 2 version has an unused function to check to see if it's running on Windows 98. Yeah. Nintendo's a very cool company with a lot of money that they could probably spend on doing things better than this, but they refuse. Uh, until now, at least, they're getting rid of NEX and they are replacing it with something called N NPLN, which they are testing out um, with a Monster Hunter demo. They want to run that under load and see how it performs. So maybe Nintendo games will play better online or maybe they'll play even worse. I'm going with probably even worse. Well, they finally upgraded to Windows XP for the server, so it might be a little bit oh, better. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I no, was going to say Windows ME. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, weird. They've rolled it back to Microsoft Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I read, that, I read that news story. It's like, 
the same server they've been using since Fantasy Star and GameCube is the one that's been powering their games for like almost twenty years now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I read it and thought, yeah, yeah that explains a lot. Yeah, that makes total sense. Why trying to play Mario Maker Two online is an absolute goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Like, what are they developing their games on? Are they like using old box monitors with Windows Two Thousand? Is that what they developed Breath of the Wild on? Probably. No. Yeah, maybe. God. Anyway, Dustin Diamond's dead. There's <laughs> <laughs> your segue. <laughs> Is there a connection? Probably. Yeah, maybe. He, bro he broke into the server room. This was upsetting to me because the first thing I thought of was, well, he finally did enough ketamine and he got done in. Uh, but no, it turns out it was carcinoma, just a very fast-acting cancer that like laid waste to him over three weeks. So that's depressing. Rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Uh, Betty White has now outlived Dustin Diamond. Betty White's still alive. Anytime I think of Dustin Diamond, I just think of that sex tape he made where he gave the lady a dirty Sanchez. And that's how we will all remember <laughs> Dustin Diamond, Larry. Well, that's his legacy. That's what he me. did in the tape? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, you should watch it. <laughs> no. I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. I didn't actually watch it. I am just aware that's a thing that occurs. Well, I knew there was the Dustin Diamond sex tape. I did yeah. not know what happened in the sex tape. Yeah. It's pretty much that and the Hulk Hogan tape are like the two all-time great celebrity sex tapes. Uh, must yeah, must watch both of them. Uh, anyway, rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Yeah. Really eulogized him with that one. Oh well, yeah, you know. I'm not sure why you even decided to bring it up, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's news. This is the news segment of the podcast where we talk about news. This video uh, game news was really good this week. Exactly. Well, like, I got a little bit more video game news. Speaking of things that are dead, uh, Google Stadia is shutting down internal game studios uh, to the shock of nobody. Just pulled the life support on that one. Uh, they will still offer its tech platform to third-party publishers, uh, however many will bother to use that. Uh, shouldn't really be that much of a shock, like I said. I, I kind of think that there is a certain tone that comes out of Google when they are coming out with new technology that they absolutely don't plan to support, like it was there with Google Glass. Uh, and boy, Google is it all Fiber. over Stadia. Google Fiber, yeah. Um, it is amazing to me that Stadia as a platform has lasted as long as it has. I don't know anybody who uses it. Uh, mm. Outside of, like, occasionally, Digital Foundry will test a game out on it for shits and giggles. It's only been out for, like, a year. Hasn't and it? it feels longer than that. Uh, it, uh, no. I'm pretty sure it was, a like, bit, a year. It's a little bit more than that. Uh, because remember in our Grimmies for 2019, we had talked about how the rollout of Stadia was a mess. I think that it launched sometime around like October or August of 2019. November. So just November. about okay. a year and three months, which is uh, about a year ago. Well, sure. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, it's Stadia. Rest in peace. Yeah. That's all the news I have. All the news that's fit to print, as they yep. say. Sure. Anyway, I, uh, Larry, what are you playing? I have played a little bit of The Medium, uh, which is the hottest new Xbox exclusive um, from Bloober Team, one of the all-time greatest 
game developer names uh, who you would know from Observer, starring Rutger Hauer, and Layers of Fear, starring Paintings. Um, and it's like a it's like sort of a third person adventure game. There's some like like some sort of horror elements to it. There are bits where you run away from stuff. It's all right. I haven't played a whole lot of it. I will say, however, I have a lot of technical issues with it. I'm playing on Series X, and it's capped at 30 FPS, it seems, which is fine. Uh, But even though it seems fairly steady, like, in terms of frame rate, it has a lot of juddering in it, which I'm guessing is, like, frame pacing problems or something. And it's made me not really want to play it until they get that fixed. I'm assuming they'll fix it at some point. They might not. Uh, Bloodborne never got fixed. But then also, Blooper Team is better than... From software. Yeah, so. I was going to say that's from software. Never be fixed. That's right. Oh, definitely not. Uh, you have fans out there finding ways to unlock the frame cap on Bloodborne, and yet from software will never will never patch the game to just do that, even though they totally could. Yep. Um, and then there are also just kind of these odd issues with it, where uh, like when you start it, it starts with an FMV. And it looks like crap Like it's heavily compressed There's like color banding everywhere in it It's like completely blown out Color wise And it made me think like oh no Like is this how everything's going to look But then it goes to like in game Graphics and it's totally fine Which is I don't know what the deal is with that Um, It sounds like they're being faithful to how FMV games looked. Yeah, yeah, it's like, in a lot of ways, this is basically like a 90s PC adventure game. Um, And so, yeah. That kind of sells me on it. Yeah. I've had had color banding issues with the FMVs in Hitman 3. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of it in there, too. Yeah. Um, But this is, like, way worse. Like, this looks legitimately awful. And then I've seen some bizarre artifacting. Like it seems like it's always around the main character's hair, but it's like uh these sort of it looks like macro blocking like you would see in a video, but it's not. It's like um I don't know if I ever mentioned it on here, but I tried playing Dead Rising 3 on the Xbox Series X. And it had weird issues with the lighting where it was like sort of making these big pixels where there were supposed to be shadows. And that's the only time I've had any issues with anything backwards compatibility in it. And it almost looks like that, except it's sort of like flashing pink sometimes, almost like in a Source game when it like can't find the texture or something like that. Very strange. It's my fault, Larry. When they were editing the scenes, I just hopped on and put some of those Marky Mark make my video filters on it, and just <laughs> yeah. I fucked the whole thing up. Yeah, the medium is fat. It turns out. Yeah, you stole the reference right out from under me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say, I was just trying to make it fat. So, so the medium is you're this lady. She's uh, she runs a like a uh, not morgue, my funeral home. That's the word. Uh, and she can like traverse between the living and spirit worlds, and so there are puzzles related to that. There's some cool stuff with split screen where you're controlling both her in each realm. Um. And solving puzzles related to that It's alright so far It The environments look really nice uh, It has As far as I can tell Ray trace reflections I'm not the best at figuring out like Is this 
ray trace. I I can understand screen space reflections when it's doing that. Um, but like other stuff, like when the stuff in Hitman Three, for example, like I thought that was ray tracing, but apparently it isn't. No, just... no, yeah, all so, the stuff in Hitman. They, they, I think they said they're adding ray tracing down the line. In it Hitman. is. I don't really know why you would need to, because it looks just as good to me. Like I, I couldn't really tell the difference. So I'm, I think, better at spotting ray tracing like i can definitely see a difference in the level of like fidelity and the amount of objects reflected between ray tracing and and screen reflection uh well, i can know which i owe mostly too, to but like the thing with hitman from what i understand is it's basically just placing another camera in the world and then putting that yeah. on the texture so it looks basically the same as if it was actually a real-time reflection mm. so that's well, why I'd... but I, I owe a lot of my ability to tell, like, to spot the difference to watching a lot of Digital Foundry videos where they right. have done, like, ray tracing comparisons. So but, that's uh, the thing. That's what ruins yeah. screen space reflections for me, is if I had not watched those videos, I probably would never have noticed the difference. Um, but now, Oh, yeah, no, I, I want to get completely ruined on everything, so I watch a lot of Digital Foundry. Cool. <laughs> so I can notice shit I never noticed before and get very bothered by it. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, the, the Hitman stuff I knew right away was not ray tracing. But then... Like, I saw that Digital Foundry video later, and they did... I'm pretty sure they said in that that they're adding that later on. Okay. I don't want it. I want the 60 I think it FPS. depends on the game, too, with, with the ray tracing. Because I just built a new computer, and you know how it is. You build a new computer, you start buying stupid-ass games to test on it. Yeah. And the ray tracing the ray tracing stuff in Shadow of the Tomb Raider looks amazing. Like, you can spot the difference immediately with the shadows. Mm -hmm. But then, like, the ray tracing in, like, Cyberpunk, it's just makes the game look a little different but you're still playing the same cyberpunk it really i think the use of it for shadows makes more sense than reflections um because yeah, cause the, the reflections are really are really lame in cyberpunk because characters will just disappear after they've walked a certain distance <laughs> and v isn't even visible in their reflections yeah this game looks a little different dylan says as a character in cyberpunk clips sideways through a locker <laughs> and t-pose well, that's, that's well that's just normal cyberpunk it's not usually reflected like that yeah <laughs> yeah um watchdogs like i wish there was a uh, way to turn off the ray tracing in that because it kind of just looks bad in general in that game uh, like it looks like grainy in a way that i really don't like and it, yeah the threshold for like the distance that it reflects stuff in is bad that's look speaking of graphical options and and grain specifically games adding film grain that shit bothers the hell out of me don't don't do that i don't mind it usually no yeah, like don't film do that grain and, film grain and vignetting terrible i hate yeah. vignetting. how do developers do this resident evil 2 has one you can't turn off yeah yeah you can turn off the motion blur, you can turn off the film grain, but you can't turn off the crappy vignetting that blocks half the screen. I just, like, starting Miles Morales and the amount of, like, heavy film grain that was on that just bothered the shit out of me. I turned that off immediately. I cannot stand film grain in video games. Just don't, don't do it. I want everything to look sharp. I want to see every single pixel. No anti-aliasing. Dylan, have you been playing anyway. anything? You know, I have been playing a couple things. So, okay, cause like me. I said, I just I just built a new computer, so I've been putting it to the test with um, Undertale and Far Cry 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, tell me all about uh, your can... experience getting malaria. Well, in Undertale, I can get like 24 frames per second on the 3070. Nothing great, but it's pretty. It's a pretty cool game. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry 2, I love. I love that game a lot. Yeah. I've been Far playing Cry it with uh, the the realism mod and what is it? The the mod that removes the stupid color filter. Yeah. Because every game in 2008 had to have a brown color filter on it. Yeah. That yeah, like that was that in Deus Ex: Human Revolution. Both had the weird key like, filter. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I can't stand the the look of all those brown, muddy games from that era. I mean, Far Cry did not hold up. Once you remove it and you look at Far Cry Two, like with its color, you're just like, this is gorgeous. Like the color, like yeah. the the greens and the browns and the. If I was the art director of this game, I'd be out for fucking blood. Yeah, yeah. They like yeah. they. Color graded it to look like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? For some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, not like I've I've seen for footage, of course, of Far Cry Two. I've never played it though. Uh, I've game. played three, and I played a little bit of four, and like three is great. Uh, when I got to four, and it was just a lot more of that. I was not ready for it at that time, so I put it down, and I've never picked it up again. Yeah, but... I've been playing two concurrently with five. Um, I think two is better. Two is the one I've kind of been more fixated on because there's something very it's a very upsetting game and i like games that are like that whereas far cry 5 is very approachable and player friendly yeah mm. yeah two I'm went hard into like, six almost like survival elements in it and stuff like that was the one where it's like your gun can jam it degrades over time you get malaria you pull the bullets out metal gear Solid everyone hates star. you will shoot you on sight yeah respawning Just guards like at checkpoints life. Mm. Yeah, it's it's I'm a delightfully it's a delightfully miserable experience. Mm. It's that genre of game that holds nothing but contempt for the player, which I like. Sounds like I my kind of video game. I think it's really interesting that it's a AAA game too. I don't think a game like Far Cry Two could ever get made again. Oh, what was not. that? Uh, Blood Blood Dragon is that the name of it? The like eighties yeah. neon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like I never played that, and I wanted to at the time. Uh, and now I probably would not approach it at all because that has been so overdone that even though like Blood Dragon was like it was fairly unique at that time, just it's become like unapproachable for me. That's a weird thing because like that game doesn't actually look like the eighties or anything, except for some reason now everyone thinks that's what the eighties were like. Yeah, eighties like, yeah. throwback is like uh what what we've kind of agreed that the eighties was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like it's just a lot of people outing themselves as not having lived through the eighties. I was three years old at the time, so I know exactly what it was like. Yeah. Well, I saw Batman eighty nine. I know what <laughs> that's an accurate portrayal, right? Yeah, it's a perfect microcosm of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, like everything now with an eighties aesthetic is just doing blood dragon. It's like a, a copy of a copy. It's like Yeah. If you do an impression of George Herbert Walker Bush You're just doing an impression of Dana Carvey Doing George Bush, you know, something like that Yeah Isn't Far Cry such a weird franchise though? Yes, yes it is Like, yeah There's like, there's no co- there's no coherency Or cohesiveness between each game Because Far Cry 1 is fucking stupid Yeah I, I, I think kind of like actually that was the problem with 4 Though, is that it just felt 
exactly the same as three and it kind of came out with not like enough of a gap between the two of them and so four just did not have any staying power for me like i played a few hours of it and was just like it just feels like i started up three again i don't know why i'm bothering with this yeah um i think like I think even the lo- i'm sorry go on oh uh i was gonna say i think five is interesting though because it's a game with no idea or message yeah it's it's re- it's really interesting how the cult leader like they've designed him to have to say a lot of things and mean nothing uh-huh well but they don't want to make it very nihilistic no no it's like they didn't Different want to make that. him like full maga and they also didn't want to make him oh, yeah. like full jim jones uh slash well, so yeah, cool so about that recently yeah that like they wanted to go harder with it and then for some reason they had to pull back yeah well they like they wanted to go full mega people play video games oh boy well, yeah it's so weird to me because i think far cry 2 is so direct and like and purposeful in its message that far cry 5 having like a character who's like um, um an amalgamation of like ruby ridge and people's temple it's so weird mm-hmm mm. Anyway, I've been playing more Hitman 3. Great. I beat it. I beat Hitman 3, yeah, actually. Too. Great game, Hitman 3. It is. Uh, although, like, I've been having some issues on the PlayStation 5, and I wonder if some of that game is just more busted on the PS5 than it is on the Xbox right now. Like, we talked about last week how maybe some of the AI scripting going off is forgivable, considering how much that game has to juggle but man, the level in China is especially broken for me. Uh, specifically, when you get to the end of the level, there is like an escape sequence where all the guards in this facility are alerted and you have to kind of carefully sneak around them and get out. Except for me, it's impossible to get out of that area without getting spotted because guards are continually spawning within guards. So like I'll knock one out and they'll fall back, revealing another guard in the same space. And then I have to knock them out, but of course they've noticed me now. It's uh, and then, all the like, way down. Yes, yeah. Look, it's like when they cloned Agent 47, except they're yeah. doing it in real time with these guards. Uh, there's also like some guards that they're supposed to be on like a, a patrolling routine, and yet they will just keep making the same loop around the doorway so they won't actually leave. So like there's one area you can get out of there and there's like seven guards and they're just all congregated like right in the doorway. It's impossible to get past them. Uh, real bad. Mission is hilariously broken. Uh, there's also like the laundromat at the start of that level renders only the like doorway to the dryers, but none of the rest of the dryers. <laughs> and so you also just have a bunch of items floating in midair. Cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on in that map, but I don't know oh, how that happened for me. Uh, I was going to replay that one soon. Maybe there's just a chance of that happening, and I might encounter it. I don't know. I completely backed out of the game uh, when I went to go back and, and redo the story missions, and it was still exactly busted in the same way it was the first time, so I kind of just think there's something wrong in the PlayStation 5 version. Did you start the mission again, uh, or did you load your save? No, I, I like completely replanned and restarted the mission okay. after closing the game out and starting the game up, and it was exactly the same. Have you looked to like see if everything else that had this issue? Because if so, I like I poked around, but like I'm just seeing a lot of people talking about the mission and not talking about the issue specifically. It's possible that this is not like repeated between every copy of the game, but it is weird that it is that consistent for me. 
Yeah. Like, I would think it's just busted across the board, but I, maybe while installing, something installed wrong. I have no idea. Maybe. Uh, the, the last mission of that game is pretty good, even though it's very linear. Oh, sure. I really like yeah. the dialogue between the guards who's like, um, what, do, do you know who we have? Like, who we're transporting? We need to be on the lookout. And he's like, eh, yeah, if you want somebody to, like, have a heart attack or something like that, that's great. What's he going to do on a train full of armed guards? Murder that's everybody. That's yeah. what I did. Well, I started kicking people off the train. I didn't. I made it to the end and never killed anybody or got spotted. Did throw Look, a part a, of the mission throw thing blo- was like you can kill soap at one guy. Oh yeah, where you're like the you're the you're the hitman master, aren't you? Yes. I love the hitman. I generally don't kill anyone in the map except for the targets that I am assigned to kill, but that last one on the train I just went murder crazy. <laughs> I did like as it said, like it's permissible to kill Providence agents, and so I was like, "All right, throwing <laughs> everyone off of this train." Everything is permitted, as they say. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, but like that level, I was able to knock out like most of the challenges in one run. That was neat. Yeah, I I got about all of them. Except I missed the soda can one because apparently you have to hit three guys with the soda can, and Allie threw it at the. <laughs> So you, you get to the end, there's only one target, and uh, he kind of lines up for, like, a very easy kill. And, of course, me playing hit me playing Agent 47 the way I have, I beamed him in the head with a soda can. <laughs> Did you see the cutscene? And just started dumping the entire clip into his noggin. Yeah, I went back and replayed it and got okay. the uh, other... I won't spoil anything, but there is a more unique way to end that mission that gives you a different outcome. I was going to say, you're supposed to go up and get a cutscene before you kill him. Instead, like you can no, shoot just, him from farther away, but I just threw a soda can yeah. and shot him. I mean, soda cans are like the most useful item in Hitman. They are the way they explode, like the crunchiness of it's really good. Yeah. We've talked about this before, but there's a to trot out the phrase game feel. <laughs> there's a lot of good feelings in this game, specifically when you hit people in the head with different things. Also, whenever like you throw a two-handed feedback. item, like the way forty-seven just like hucks it over his head at them, is always funny. Yeah, there's a fire extinguisher like in the other room from that guy that you can pick up and hit him in the head with that, which I also did. <laughs> throw just everything like, at him, just like reenacting irreversible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Larry. Um, what? Yeah, I like I to know. I like to just make saves like right when I'm about to kill someone, and then just kill them repeatedly in in different ways. Yep. For funsies. Well, yeah. Uh, also, it because saves like that's very easy. Yeah, like that too is there's challenges for like go oh, garrote somebody or shoot them in the head and like right. you can knock a lot of those out just reloading the same save over and over again. Uh, the know, toughest one is drowning people because there's really only like a few specific places that you can do that for each person and you really have to kind of corral them over there. Hey, um, you um, know what my favorite game starring Terry Bogard is? Hmm. Garrote Mark of the Wolves. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. No, I I get it. I said the word wrong. <laughs> Boom. So is, is Hitman Three a good bludgeoning simulator? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yes. It's, it's I, a I like good push Hitman people games, off of railings simulator too. The old Hitman games are a little stressful. Yeah. 
because they they require a lot of perfection. Yeah, I mean that that is one of the things that I like a lot about these recent Hitman games is just once you get the rhythm of a level down and go through all those steps as precise as you can, it feels very good. Also, yeah, um, with the old ones before this like reboot trilogy, there was basically one real way to do every target, like the the one perfect way. And you couldn't really deviate from that much, and that's something they've loosened a whole lot in this. Like there are tons of different methods that you can kill your targets yeah. with this time. Uh, that's also, what I liked about like the thief games is that you can kind of freestyle. You can walk into any new map and be able to ghost it without too much trouble. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like when I played Contract, if I fucked one thing up, it was like I might as well just restart the whole level. Yeah. Also in the old ones. If you were in disguise, like pretty much anybody would be suspicious of you if you like got too close to them. And now they've changed it so it's just specific enemies, like um, usually the ones that have the same disguise you do, or like higher up targets or something like that. And you have a lot more room to sort of get out of the way before they fully spot you and like turn aggressive. Um, and the higher difficulty will add more of those. I think. They call enforcers, I think, um, and they'll like the suspicion will go up more quickly. But it's not like in the old one where you would have to like walk slowly, or else they would immediately think you're suspicious. You can just run past guys now. Um, yeah. And all of this, is, ma- and is this is this the same for like the whole new trilogy of Hitman yeah. games? Yep. Yeah, they're the... very consistent between each other. They're yeah. they're basically the same game. It's really just one long game that they cut up into. Installments, yeah, it's so. essentially just new level packs uh, with yeah. each game. Although they are refining it, they've changed stuff in between them. I three is the best playing one. Like the lock on for thrown items is a lot better than it was. Um, they've changed some items. I think if you got too, a good formula, you don't need to alter it too much. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so now that we have both beaten the game, what is your favorite level, Larry Davis? Um. Hmm. I know probably, mine. Probably Chong King, I would guess. Well, or Dartmoor. I like Dartmoor. Hey, Chong a lot. King's Chong King's probably my least favorite level because it fucked up so horribly for me. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I think it is doing some very interesting stuff. I liked shattering that guy's mind. Uh, yes. Way into mind break. Yeah. Um. Uh, mine is the vineyard. I really like the vineyard. Mendoza. Uh, yes, Mendoza. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite kill in that is you can go Great down press. and. Uh, I mean, the Great Press is pretty good, <laughs> yeah. but I like the one where you you fuck around and you get it, like they over all the wine overflows, and so then that gets the guy to come down and yell at everybody for ruining all the wine, like destroying the whole harvest. Uh, he passes through a barrel room to get down there. So what you then do is you get some poison, uh, lethal poison, and you can put it in the ventilation system and then turn the vents on so that whole room becomes toxic. So when he passes through, he chokes on the poison and dies. Except uh, when I did that, I didn't realize that there were like five or six people in that room. So I just started getting like non-lethal kill popping up over and over again. It was just like, oh no, oh no, I fucked up horribly. Um, and then because like 
other people would notice the bodies in there, so I kept having people run into the room and die while waiting for him to come back in there. Good times. <laughs> I'm just standing over there watching the whole thing happen go like, oh god, I really fucked this all up. I like um, how if you like lure that tour guide and the one target into the freezer and then close it on them, Diana's like, wow, 47, that's pretty messed up. I didn't think you would do that. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to be over here. Yeah, so I did not have a screwdriver, so I couldn't do that. But I do like that when you get them in there, Agent 47's just like, yes, it's very soundproof in there. And then <laughs> yes. the lady's like, huh, there's no handle on this door. That doesn't seem up to code. Yeah, it's like that seems like it could be a safety hazard. And the other guy's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Yeah, there's another good bit of that where, like, you give them the tour of the actual vats of the wine. And 47's like, these vats are very large and can hold a lot of bodies. <laughs> yeah. I really like the bit. What is it he says when they're on the tour? They ask, like, what kind of business he's in, and he says, like, elimination business or something. He's like, yes, it can be quite profitable at times or something. Yes. Like, yeah. 47 is always, like, being the most obvious hitman he can possibly be. Yeah, no, that's why when you get the drug dealer disguise uh, in Germany, and he that is his worst attempt to emulate somebody else because he does not know how to sell drugs uh just walking up to people saying like hi i'm high would you also like to be high or i have drugs would you like to buy drugs from me and then like you'll still get people who fall for, for it like that that last line i said to somebody and the dude was like hell yeah i'd have to be dumb as hell not to buy drugs from you <laughs> that's <laughs> what i love about the hitman games though yeah, that, it's great. Is that Agent Agent Forty Seven is like the worst master of disguise ever? Yeah, uh, yet he yeah. pulls it off. Like he's like he's this dressed as a clown and he's the scariest looking clown with the meanest fucking scowl in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we had said we mentioned this last week that it is still believable in the world of Hitman because they go out of their way to tell you everybody else in that world is dumb as absolute shit. Yeah, and so of course they wouldn't be able to pick out Agent Forty Seven, even though he's. He's actually terrible at his job. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, it, it makes for a lot of good comedy in that game. Just a lot of the bits where you actually have 47 delivering dialogue mid-mission. It's, it's always really good. Uh, and Mendoza is full of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, there, the there's also of the Hitman games to the best. It really is. And, and there is another story mission in that uh, that I wanted to mention where you can... Um, they have like uh, two guards with a sniper rifle and they're kind of keeping a watch on everything. And you can uh, trick them by, you You get like a device that lets you identify a target and then you call in, you, you tell them to take them out. And one of the two targets is not on their list of people to not shoot for some reason. So you can mark her and tell them that she's a hostile and you have to lead her over to a secluded area where Diana's with her. And when she gets shot in the head, she just ragdolls way 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 up in the air and just does like a full cartwheel flip and it's great because like diana's horrified afterwards going like boy it's really different up close <laughs> yeah like the whole ragdolling thing has been a thing in hitman since like two well, actually one had ragdolls because you could drag bodies around and stuff and i'm like i really like that they never tone them down like they still just do full flips in the air yeah. when you shoot them it's not Bluepoint making this game. No. Leave the ragdoll in. They, they, they know it works. 
Yeah. Uh, two two really good references in that game too. Uh, in Mendoza level, there's a dude in the bathroom who's like beatboxing, and if you create a distraction, he goes, "Say what?" Like Clone High. <laughs> it has to be a Clone High. It has to be. It I just has so. to. I really don't uh, think so. But also, that that final mission, I'm pretty sure it's just one big reference to Goldeneye because it is a Soviet-era train running on decommissioned rails that was previously owned by a guy named Yanis. Okay. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's just Goldeneye, uh, which would make sense considering IO also has the James Bond license. Yeah, I'm really looking oh. forward to that. No, oh, me too. I really want to see what that is. Um, like that, that's also a good idea because like that's the kind of game a James Bond game should be. Like something yeah. more like that instead of just like James sure, Bond people... killing people by the hundreds. Exactly. Um which yeah. I, actually that kind of fits with the Brosnan movies, really. It, yeah, it um, does. But yeah, like in general, a James Bond game probably should not be like that. So Yeah. I have also been playing you're gonna be happy about this one. Uh Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. <gasps> oh hell yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally. What do you think of it? Have you? What? What do you I think? I was going to ask so if you've been good in the spooky. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It's not as spooky as I thought it would be. Um. No. Like a lot of the jump scares are so heavily telegraphed that it hasn't yeah. really affected me. I um, think the one that probably would get you the most if it wasn't in like every bit of marketing material they put out for the game is uh, that dude walking right through the wall. Oh, yeah, well, maybe, but that's also kind of just the same thing as Mr. X going through the press room. Sure, but, like, I, I think that, again, if it were not part of marketing material, that is not something that I would have expected to happen, so yeah. that would have freaked me out at the time. Um, but... Well, Resident Evil 7 scared the, the hell out of me. The opening part where you're getting chased around by Jack? Yeah. That's, like, the, that's yeah. the most... That's the most frightened I've ever been in a game. Yeah, but then then also he gets in the car in the garage and starts doing donuts (laughs) while hooting and hollering. It is is fantastic. So yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. I knew there was a part where like you get in a car and run him over, but I did not know that he would pull you out and then do donuts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, the bit where like I tried to get in the hatch and he like cut my leg off and makes you like crawl over and get the stuff to put it back on. I never got that, and I never knew that was a thing until, like, just a couple months ago and watched that cutscene, and it's fucked up. Cuts your leg off, and then gives you, like, the medicine, and is like, put this on your leg, and then your leg fuses back together, and Ethan's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like, actually, I think the biggest jump scare that got me is, like, at the very beginning when you're going around and Mia just, like, comes out from under the stairs uh, and, like, grabs you. Which is weird, because, like, Nothing actually like happens there, but it's just like uh, an actual surprise. But yeah, I well, most of it is because a lot of the time it takes control away from you. Mm-hmm. Like a- after you get the thing out of the bathtub and you go towards the door, like I was like, oh, something's gonna happen here because I'm not controlling this anymore. Uh, and that happens quite a bit, which takes I, away I do, from a lot of it. I do think the Mia stuff at the beginning is probably the stuff that maybe got to me the most. Uh, Probably just because of how aggressive it is and seeing the knife go through Ethan's hand and everything is less like, a, oh, this is scary to me and more like, this is disgusting and yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, it is. Um, um, I can't believe did you... how, much, how much punishment 
Ethan takes in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I that, eat, that, look, that, I didn't get that herb medicine. It's great. So, like, I would say the thing I like the least about it is the crafting. Like, having to rely on chem fluid to make everything is really yeah. annoying. Well, people liked it a lot in Resident Evil 3, so here it is in this game. Hey, what? In 3, you still just, they... like, put herbs together. No, in 3, you also craft bullets and stuff using different, like, gunpowders of... Uh, like crafting in general was more of a component in three than it had been in previous games, and I think that they toned it down for a while after that. And then seven. Oh yeah, because in Nemesis, kind of lean into it. In Nemesis, you had like a ton of inventory items just for crafting like herbs and uh, bullets, yeah. and it took up it took up half your inventory. Yeah, it primarily bullets because there's I think like three different gunpowder types, and then depending on how you mix them together, you get like shotgun, handgun, or magnum rounds. Right, I I know that. I I'm saying like everything in this requires chem fluid, so it's like you can pick between do you want to make a health item with it or ammo, and I'm always choosing ammo, and I have like twenty herbs in the item box because most of the time, if I'm getting injured, I'm probably gonna die anyway. Uh, but instead, I'm just like constantly low on ammo. Although I think it's so doing how... the RE4 thing where it's like randomized and it's giving you ammo if you need it. I'm not sure. Because I have died how... like times and reloaded and there was different items in a crate than there were before. Mm. How far are you in it? Uh, I'm at the boathouse. Uh, okay, I just so got I, to I did want to ask. I find like where Mia and Zoe are. Okay, I, I did want to ask, because speaking of just ridiculous things that Jack does, what did you think of that whole chainsaw sword fight? Oh, it's real good. I really okay, like good, yeah, because that Ethan, is awesome. Ethan's responses also are super funny. Like In that part where he grabs the scissor chainsaw and goes groovy, and Ethan's like, this isn't groovy! <laughs> and when he this sees like, groovy, I love, I like I will, Ethan's my favorite protagonist they've ever had in one of these <laughs> yeah. games. I, I Especially in like one of the gonna be back one of the and... one of the boss fights where he's like he's like this is getting real fucking old yeah <laughs> yes yeah, I, I like when the um oh that um, yeah another good scare is when you're going up the stairs and spider Marguerite like comes out the window at you that was a good one um but when you're following her through the tunnel and he like sees her in spider form skittering through it and he's just like well this is special. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Ethan. I am glad that they are bringing him back for eight. Yeah, like there's there's re really by like the end of that game, there is no reason that he should be back really, uh, other than I think that he is infected by whatever has infected everybody else, and for whatever reason, his body is acclimated to it. Yeah. Like I think that might be why they're bringing him back because that's implied. Uh, but otherwise, I like that just you know Ethan's a regular dude, and he gets dragged into this whole thing, and then now he's got to go through another fucking game. Except this time, there's gigantic vampire ladies. Yeah, sure. So it's so weird because when I played uh, the Resident Evil Two make, I remembered how unrelatable the other Resident Evil characters are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Leon like, and you Claire don't find, just don't find rookie cop Leon S. Kennedy relatable. His first day on the job. <laughs> I I like I like the. Before the final battle with William Birkin, when uh he gets like he gets unwittingly thrown into it, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Whereas in like Claire's playthrough, she's like, "I'm gonna kick this guy's ass." It's like, "What?" Yeah, I just imagine what that though, like when Birkin's giant eyes opening up, and he's like, "What are you doing? Stop it! Stop it! Don't do that!" Ah, oh, this is horrible. Um, I just always liked how Leon in the remake just sounds dejected. 
through the whole thing. Like he yeah, doesn't sound depressed. scared or anything. He's just like bored. Yeah, he's got seasonal depression, Larry. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. Ah, uh, this again. And and Claire sounds like she's in nine hundred two one zero. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look they they put that uh that race suit in the game for her though, so that's cool. The, that is uh, cool. I did like the Elsa Walker suit. Thank yeah. you. I was trying to remember the name and I, I just couldn't. Uh, or you can mod the game and just have her be naked all the time. And also, Mr. X is naked. Everyone's naked. You know what the best no part one's of wearing the any mods clothes are? Is that they have variations. You can get Mr. X naked, flaccid, or Mr. X naked erect. <laughs> well, I don't know why you would go with flaccid, frankly. That just seems like a waste of time and hard so, disk space. Much less scary. I'm glad modders, modders have something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Dylan. Well, they, they come the, in all sizes. Did you see the stuff about that Fallout mod? Oh, the Frontier, the shit show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about well, that? I, You're the expert on Fallout mods, I think, here. So, I the single-player mods I'm not an expert on, I did know about the Frontier because it's been in development for a very long time. Yeah. And... Uh, it's when it finally got released a bunch of screenshots got leaked of it of creepy pervert shit that was in it which i don't know why anyone was surprised about that because if you Wait, played any mod shit. ever like the character named america who wants to be like collared as a slave and you can completely break her spirit and she'll talk about how sweaty her feet are getting in her boots what? Uh, not hyperbole by the way yeah that's real and to be honest i've i've played enough skyrim oblivion and like fallout mods to be like yeah I, this this seems pretty part of the course for this genre oh sure i mean like look uh, who who doesn't get skyrim on pc and just give everyone big bazongas we've all done it i didn't but I now just, that, now I that just added like duke nukem voice clips and i was fine i did both and now that other people are, are figuring out about this mod they're like oh this stuff's kind of weird and they took the mod off the nexus because one of the animators working on it did what was it animated pedophilic uh oh, no. bestiality porn uh-huh. uh, uh... <laughs> sorry i don't remember the order of that sentence yeah it's close enough. Get you, you put get the in idea. jail so the game is like it's a it's pretty much call of duty fallout because it's a pretty straightforward shooter and then you also have uh, girls talking about how smelly their feet are. Is that what the mod was? I didn't Just know like that. Just like a uh, Call of Duty shooter? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I I did see something. I think you probably had retweeted it that, that mentioned the bestiality angle, but I had no idea about, like, sweaty feet slave breaking. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, well, Jesus my, my, phone, my phone will randomly send me news updates based on like stuff I've looked at, and I mostly look at video game <laughs> stuff. So it popped up like the frontier gets taken down for uh, pedophilic content, and I just got enough work, so I saw that and oh my, my RSS I felt, I felt like dying. feet got tripped. That's weird. <laughs> so the news we're following the frontier is um. Oh, and apparently the way they scaled the textures is they took, like, 4K textures and downscaled them to 2K. I don't know exactly, but apparently it's a nightmare to run on a si any on any system. So cool. that's what stopped me from playing it, because it's like, I just built a brand new computer. I'm not having a Fallout mod uh, fry it. So I, I thought it was just, like, another expansion thing. Like, what what's that other thing 
that people are doing that has like voice acting and stuff in it. I don't remember what it was called. But it was supposed to be like a huge uh, mod. For Fallout? Uh, yeah, New New California or something? Oh, I think that one did get released. And I think that one was fine. Yeah. So I thought I this was something like that. We scanned this mod for perfect shit and it came up with nothing, so it's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I forgot about the lizard people in Frontier. How could I do that? Oh, no. The lizard, the lizard people who live in the sewers and like the bang people. Great. <sighs> This was written by Alan. Somehow Moore. that's like the least weird part of this. For well, me. that one that one is like side content and you can miss, so it's less egregious than the girl <laughs> named America wanting to get collared. Yeah. You gotta go out of your way for the lizard sex in this mod. Yeah. To get the sweaty feats content, you pretty much gotta just follow the main quest. That's for everybody. I mean, who doesn't like a good pair of sweaty feet? Oh my god, we talked about irreversible and now this. This is this is disastrous. <laughs> That seems like a pretty typical episode of Destroy All Children to me. <laughs> I think so. So if you, I would recommend watching footage of the frontier because it's kind of ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. No, <laughs> I'm not going to watch any of this. I will. All right, hold on. Let me load up X videos to check out this Fallout Frontier footage. <laughs> I, I it's don't not on Pornhub anymore. I don't to take all that the... stuff off. The New Vegas single-player mods, because there's already a single-player New Vegas game called New Vegas that was made by developers that are professional yeah. and don't put creepy pervert shit in their game. Yeah. Well, not that anyone has found yet. I mean, it does the have Fallout. a cameo from Johnny Five Aces from Cyborg Clock. Oh, there you go. So that's cool. I, I in general, just am not into the, the Fallout games at all. Uh, although, like, the first two seem very interesting to me. Like, I think if I got into Fallout at all, it would probably be, like, one of those. I really like the uh, first two. They're yeah. they're worth playing. They're they're very old school in their design, so it's it can be hard to uh, get yourself in that, that headspace of how 90s computer role-playing games just kind of were. Sure, but, th but that is but vastly I... more interesting to me than the current model of Fallout, where, like, I've not played New Vegas. I'm pretty sure I would not care for new vegas new vegas is good i like mm. well i mean i have almost 300 hours in it on steam so yeah, I'm sure. like a, lot of people, a, lot. a lot of people like it i'm not saying it's a bad game it's just it's not my kind of game but one and two i like i like more than Baldur's gate and like that kind of crpg because fallout is strictly turn-based it's yeah. not this it's not this disgusting hybrid where you could pause the real-time combat it's all turn-based hmm AP. Well, should we talk about another old video game? Is it, is it time to move on to our last segment? Uh, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yes. well, actually, okay, before uh, right. we moved on, I wanted to, I wanted to ask Larry, yeah. uh, because as you know, I've been watching children's television recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been watching rewatching Super Sentai and Power Rangers. I paused for All a right. laugh track. Uh -huh. <laughs> We're experts on Super Sentai. We had a whole segment well, on it. Well, previous Larry, podcast. You, Larry, you're a fan of that, uh, of Common Rider, aren't you? Uh, sure. Because I wanted to get into it, because they have it on Shout Factory now. I wanted, I wanted to know if it was safe to just start from the beginning and just, like, move up through the series, or if there was, like, specific ones that were better for jumping on. Uh, sure, start from the beginning. Why not? I don't know. 
You can always <laughs> do it the, the destroy all children method, which is to just randomly watch an episode from any tokusatsu and just go from there. Yeah, that's uh, what Which we is do. how we found Cube Oil. So <laughs> it's a winning formula, if you ask me. Yeah, the, uh, we watched, um, it was Kamen Rider Ghost was one. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the one with a monk guy who said he loved having the ghost inside him or something. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it it was like ghosts of famous people. So like I think like a ghost of Mark Twain and like a bunch of yeah. other. Yeah, that one. And then we watched right. one where it was like set in a hospital, and then I think yes. like the common writer powers were video game. Yeah, those X Aid, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, that one seemed all right too. I don't know. Yeah, I was, was a like, little less into that. Yeah, a guy like leveled maybe it was up just not a good at draw. one point. Um, yeah. It is a I weird love... fusion of like hospital drama and video game bullshit. So yeah. probably I've seen watching. the one that was I've seen the one that was written by uh what's his name? The guy who did Madoka Magica. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. That's about all. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I watched Masked Rider, which was um the US version of Common Rider. With a giant like platypus puppet uh, Named Furbus um, And that's about the extent of my familiarity With Kamen Rider I like the way Kamen Rider looks a lot I haven't actually watched most of it uh, I bo- Dylan try- if you're watching oh, well, I'm sorry I'm, I'm trying to figure out Or trying to remember which one that Like what series that was from I think it was EX Black Or something like that so go with that one. That that should be your first one. Common Rider EX Black, I think, is what it's called. If you're going to commit though to watching these children's shows, and you're also watching like the Americanized versions of them, just you should watch be, watch Big Bad Beetleborgs. It's on Netflix. Oh, of I'm pretty sure. I love Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> yeah. What about VR I Troopers. Rewatched, I rewatched precisely one episode of Big Bad Beetleborgs when I saw it was on Netflix and was like, holy fuck, I watched this as a kid? <laughs> Shut it off forever. Absolutely. So bad. <sighs> but yeah, well, I'm, no, I, I'm, currently, I'm currently rewatching The Power Rangers because I liked them a lot as a kid. Yeah. And I, I kind of skipped through like uh, Mighty Morphin, Zeo, and Turbo because they're kind of boring as shit sometimes see when i was a kid i was way into power rangers but it was just mighty morphin uh and then was zeo right after that yeah or was it in space okay zeo well well, i thought it was i don't know maybe it was yeah i thought it was turbo but no no i I thought that the no, the thing Turbo's was the ratings later. dropped off when they made it all about cars. Yeah, Turbo was when no, was, I lost it was interest. Three three seasons of Mighty Morphin, and that also had like the stupid Alien Rangers thing in the middle of that. That also had the ninja then, stuff. Because it was like yeah. it, then it was came Zio. after the movie. Right? Yes. There it was ninja the, the Tengu, stuff. The Tenga. Fly fly yeah. Tenga fly. Look, they had a bunch of leftover Tengu costumes, and so, yeah, sure, of course he used them. It was yeah. those and the putties who would fight in tandem. I yeah, remember you know that. My favorite thing about Mighty Morphin is, is that the White Ranger was from a completely different Sentai series. Yeah, it's like a little yes, kid but that turns also, into the White Ranger. Yeah, so when you watch, like, episodes of that series, the, the White Ranger is diminutive compared to the rest of the Power Rangers. And so, yeah, it's, it's weird seeing the footage that that actually comes from. And the Zords uh, also are from a different series, right? Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Because yes, yeah, uh, Dire Ranger, 
Sky Ranger is where the White Ranger stuff comes from and the yeah. sword stuff comes from. The that's opening theme that's... song to Die Ranger is extremely good, by the way. That's why it's so hard to watch like uh, Mighty Morphin now because my brain can tell when different footage is being pulled and it it's like an overload. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, uh, I'm pretty sure at some point, if it was not Mighty Morphin, it was a, another one down the line that they used the original, like, main villain of uh, Zoo Ranger, like that giant head. I think it's just supposed to be Satan, if I remember right. Sure. None of you guys know what I'm talking about. Whatever. I think, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I think I do know what you're talking about. Later series. Yeah. Um, I, I think was you've it, told was me it in about space? It, it's that, like, Rita Repulsa. Or I think her name is uh, it's a different name in Zero Ranger. I can't remember what it is. Uh, but like oh, Benora, I think because it's like Benora's palace or something like that. But anyway, like she answers to a higher power, similar to how she does with Lord Zed and Mighty Morphin. But instead, it's like a giant floating head. And like at the end of that series, uh, Rita becomes a good guy, and they eventually, far far down the line in Power Rangers end up using that because uh, there's like some sort of like continuity altering event that turns a bunch of previously evil characters good and that includes like Zed and Rita and so they finally like close that stuff off uh, but like that was the whole finale to Zoo Ranger was she turns into a good guy I thought Zed was made for the US version he he is he does not appear in Zoo Ranger but I'm saying it is similar to that oh. like how Zed has has power over Rita like he's the main bad guy Oh, okay. Uh, a similar thing in the Zoo Ranger, but instead of this giant floating head. I, I swear to God, I think they reuse him for something in Power Rangers, if not Mighty Morphin, then something else. Eventually, they find uh, out the higher power was actually Vince McMahon. It was Christ the whole time. This is all a <laughs> Christian yeah. allegory, just like ICP. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, they turn good after Andros kills Zordon at the end of In Space. And it turns oh, yeah. Zed and Rita good, but it kills Ecliptor, who is not a bad dude. So, splitting hairs, but I don't know. I don't know about yeah. that one. Is Scorpina out there still doing stuff? She was the best one. Oh, Scorpina was not the best one. Scorpina's a babe. What are you talking about? She gets all from giant, light, light and I want speed? her to step on me with her sweaty feet. No, Scorpina's from the original <laughs> series. Oh, no. Yes. So I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of the Lightspeed Rescue villain who couldn't act. <laughs> No, I mean they they might have done that thing where they eventually like started making their own footage and whoever they got for Scorpina probably couldn't act, but like Scorpina was also part of like the reused footage stuff because she was in Zero Ranger. Yeah. Uh, and Scorpina's great. Uh, they they put her in that uh video game. I refuse to pay four dollars to unlock Scorpina because I still cannot connect online in that fucking piece of shit. Joe Biden owes me twenty bucks for Battle for the Grid. <laughs> I want my reward. He's gonna negotiate it down to two dollars <laughs> and a like coupon for Subway. See, it's a twenty dollar down payment for Battle for the Grid, and then it's one thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars that the government has to pay me. I know how to do math. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Power Rangers is very good. Have you uh read any of the comic at all, Dylan? I've been I've been wanting to. I think I'm gonna order some of them. I've just got some of the stuff I ordered in this week. And I think next time I order out for some comics, I'm going to get the Power Rangers ones because they look really good. They have Andros, and I really like the Space Rangers. 
and I'm also a grown man. <laughs> That's important to note. Uh, Larry Uncle was kind Andrus. enough to buy me. <laughs> Larry was kind enough to buy me the um, Shattered Grid comic, and it is it is very very good. Yes, which hopefully um, does not actually contain the entire Shattered Grid storyline, which I did not know at the time. Well, I, I think there's like a two. I think this is like a continuation of a previous event, like a previous story arc, and and yeah, we were both confused thinking it was that earlier one, and then when I cracked open the book. Like, Draken is already a known entity and has already been up to schemes. Yeah, their trades are kind of so. a mess. I, yes, I is, collecting in... nothing seems like a nightmare, and that has been, like, a impediment to me actually getting into that series. I hope they bring in more classic rangers, because I would like to see TJ come back, because he was one of my favorite rangers when I was a kid. It was TJ. TJ, he was the red turbo and blue space. Oh. Mm. Okay. Uh, Shattered Grid is good for just having a lot of cameos of other Power Rangers. Hey. Like the, uh, the the Lady Red Ranger from the Samurai one is like a main character in Shattered Grid. You know She's what? pretty good. This all right, you're gonna say, oh, this we're going in this direction again, but this is the best segue we're ever going to get. The okay. lady bad guy from Power Rangers Turbo is also the genetically engineered lady from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to the uh, weekly Deep Space Nine segment of the podcast. I had, I had to bring it up. Like, that's the only time. Yeah. Yeah, the one who's Chief like running for Nog. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the really weird villain who... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is her. Yeah, see? Oh. Holy shit. Huh. How about that? This How is about the best that? Deep Space Nine uh, segment yet. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what else? Uh, Gex has a line in Enter the Gecko where he says, what is this, outtakes from Deep Space Nine? Retro corner, all, here we go. All roads lead back to Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and destroy all children, they do. Yeah, look, if I actually end up uh, making money in the stock market, I'm not a financial advisor, I should know. Don't listen to me about That's any financial matter. Are. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if I end up making a profit, I should definitely like flip that and buy that D Space Nine DVD set. Yeah, Wasteful I was thinking spending. that too. Because I, don't I could know watch all ever... of it on Netflix, but like I don't know, I kind of like the idea. Like I like Deep Space Nine so much, I sort of feel like I should own something physical yeah, to do with Deep Space Nine. That also, I want to try to get my dad to watch it because I feel like he might actually be into it. Uh, there's no way he would ever be into Next Generation or anything like that Which, totally understandable Because I don't think I'd be into it either um, But he does not know how to operate Netflix or anything But if I gave him a bunch of DVDs, he might watch it Yeah, I keep trying to get my friend Amanda to watch Deep Space Nine Because I'm positive that she would be into it as well But she, uh, she's basically at that point that we are with The Next Generation We're just very adamant, like, I don't like anything to do with Star Trek Star Trek sounds miserable, sounds very boring. Like, Deep Space Nine is the, the thing that kind of turned us around on Star Trek because it is not boring outside yeah. of, like, I don't know, the first season. But well, The thing is, it's kind of the antithesis of Star Trek in general. Yeah, so. yeah by by design. Yeah. Uh, I, I am sure that she would enjoy it just as much as we do, and, and maybe it's a similar situation where, like, I have the DVDs, I can just lend it to her. Yeah. The guilt of having my property in her home and needing to give it back would maybe be the thing that gets her to watch it because she has Netflix and refuses to. 
don't I know. I think it's interesting, though, that Diva Talks was in Deep Space Nine. I think that's good for Star Trek <laughs> to get some real sci-fi actors on their show every now and then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Larry, how many more episodes of Deep Space Nine do you have until we can do our, like, two-part ranking uh, of Deep Space Nine episodes? I'm going to say 15. Okay. I'm guessing. So that'll just take you another three months. Yeah, probably. I'm much about one a week. Mm. Christ. <laughs> All right. I don't It's binge. Gex time. It's I'm tail time, binger. baby. Yeah. Lock and load, little lizard. Here we go. Yeah, that's what you've been right. waiting Look, for. So, you know how Kingdom Hearts has like doors into darkness? Well, in Gex, it's TVs, <laughs> you see. And Gex is a door into darkness. <sighs> Goddamn right it is. Dana Gould, active on Twitter, in case anyone wants to occasionally get a Gex one liner. <laughs> so, in preparation for this, I did replay Gex one and Gex Enter the Gecko. Okay. But Gex three, I found so boring. Okay. Least, it's my least favorite of the three. I need to do a little bit of inside baseball with this uh, because I had, uh, of course, Retro Corner is because I've made this list of games I want to play before I die, which in the current environment could be any time. And I had put, at least I, I had a moment where I thought I could die of COVID-19 tomorrow and Gex would be the last game I ever played and death has never seemed more real to me before in my life than in that <laughs> moment. Wait, did you play uh, Gex One for this? I did not play Gex One. I well, have played Gex One. I have played Gex One before. Gex so One is like the only that Gex One is the only one that feels like it was made well. Yeah, it's the only one that feels like a video game. Uh, but like I've played that before, so I'm trying to explain. Like with this list, I had Zone of the Enders and Zone of the Enders Second Runner, and I beat Zone of the Enders, and then Zone of the Enders Second Runner runs like fucking shit in emulation and also is maybe just a very bad video game. I don't like the way it controls. It, it plays very poorly. So because it kept crashing, I decided I was going to bail on it because uh, I don't want to pay money for it. I already know that I don't like it. So I took those two off the list and I replaced them with Gex Enter the Gecko and uh, Gex Deep Cover Gecko, but not the first one because I've already played the first one before. I've never played these other two until just recently. Well, spoilers, anyway, they're bad. I think I think Zone of the Enders is is better than Gex. Yeah, I, me too. I don't know. I think maybe I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really also, don't like Zone of the Enders. I forgot to say this, but I should have told you you needed to play the PAL version of Gex at least a little bit. Mm. Oh, you had to hear Leslie Phillips. Yeah, I forgot what his name was, but yes, the voice of Gex in the PAL versions is like for some reason they had it done by like an 80 year old british man <laughs> but it's the I, same I really lines it's you exact let me same know about lines. that now <laughs> it's time to go postal parentheses sounding like a robot yeah british gex is uh much more likable than american gex american gex you want to like step on him and pick him up by his tail and throw him in the garbage disposal <laughs> british gex you just Tell want him to, to like shut up Tell that to Dana Gould and he'll kick your ass. <laughs> God. Um, so yeah, it, It's also great because then you have this elderly British man just like listlessly saying, Groovy, baby. And like, <laughs> it's not even like that. Like, it's not even that much of an Austin Powers impression. Like, he's just saying groovy, baby, in his regular voice. I think that's better than Dana Gould because he sounds like he's actually trying 
And yeah. that makes me feel bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> Dana Gould never shows up and gets like, anything less than 100%, Dylan. Like, Dana Gould, this isn't Soul Reaver. You can, you can phone it in a little bit. <laughs> so when playing uh, Deep Cover Gecko, for whatever reason, the game really liked to repeat uh, Axe in the Chest for Scatman Crothers a lot, just yes. a lot for me. And so when I got to, like, the final mission and the butler explains what to do, there's this pause and then Gex says the line again, and it just seemed really depressing to me by that point. Like, Gex has been trying to sell everybody on this line, and it's just never landed. <laughs> it's, worse so on the, it's worse on the Nintendo 64, where the lines are cut down. So he he repeats his lines like that at a frequency that is just fucking nauseating. Perfect. I, I eventually, like, I played through each level once with the game audio, and then the lines would repeat so often that for the subsequent playthroughs, I would just put on, like, those Simpsons remixes from, I think it's uh, Dank Mouse? Dank Mouse, Is that guy's yes. name? Wait, Dink, did you yeah. say subsequent playthroughs? Well, so you know how you have to keep going back for the fucking remotes because they don't just let you okay, pick okay. up yeah, four remotes you... per yeah. run? I thought you meant you, like, ran the game completely oh, no. a couple times. Done. No, never. I don't ever want to play this game again for the rest of my life. If that uh, happened, you'd be recording from like a hospital room. There'd be beeps <laughs> in the background. It's it's like one of those podcasts where they watch like the same movie like every single day for a year, except I'm just playing through Enter the Gecko and Deep Cover Gecko over and over again. That would be terrible. Uh, no, like that's I think one of the biggest problems about both of these games is that you have like three missions per level and you get a remote control for completing each one. And instead of just being able to go do the mission requirements all in one go and collect all three remotes and then jump out of the level, you have to completely redo the level for each mission, which is just nauseatingly repetitious, especially when you get towards the end of each game where the requirements for each mission pretty much requires that you run through every inch of the level. Instead of just like, well, the second mission I can do in like the first area and then I'm done. Um, the Beanstalk level in three is like the worst for that because it's a lot of very tight vertical platforming. And if you fuck up and you fall off of that thing, you have to do it all over again. That's the problem. That's like the biggest problem with Gex. If we're talking like beyond that, the fact that Gex is Gex, the biggest problem is that he's not fun <laughs> to control, and you have to, you have to play, you have to maneuver him in these levels so re uh, repetitiously. Whereas like Mario sixty four is a little repetitive, but Mario is at least fun to play with. Yeah, Gex is just like Gex has one string to his bow, and it's just he can use his tail as a weapon, and he can hop on it. Yeah, also, like, when Mario falls off from a great distance, he squishes down and he makes that, like, really high-pitched scream that's great. And when you do it in Gex, he just says, like, I'm going to lick my way to the top, baby. And it's just not as good. So that's what happened to Richard Dawson. Whoa. And, and Gex 2 is one of the most violent games I've ever played. Like, violent as in every aspect of the game feels like it's trying to kill you. It's also vile. <laughs> Uh, because, like, the whole point of Gex 3 is that Gex fucks that human FMV woman. Oh, I feel I feel so bad for that woman. I hope <laughs> yeah. she got paid. I hope she got paid really well. Showed everyone her cleavage to star in this fucking video game. It's like it's like in Phantasmagoria. Um, that, yes, that Gex is exactly horrible... like Phantasmagoria. <laughs> well, that horrible scene in the bathroom 
uh, where you just feel bad for the actress, and you're like, oh, honey, not for Phantasmagoria. Yeah. I feel that way about the actress and Gex. Am I remembering the correct FMV game? Is Phantasmagoria the one that has that person licking on the window? Or was that something else? Larry, help me out here. Uh, uh, Phantasmagoria is in the, the creepy mansion. Yeah, are you the, thinking uh, of the magician? Tender Loving Care? I might be. So that Johnny Bomb game, it had like a lot of like sex stuff, but yeah. it was all incredibly awkward. Yeah, that was it. That had okay. John Hurt in it for some reason. Yes. I, for whatever reason, keep thinking that is called Phantasmagoria when it is, when it is not. Uh, Phantasmagoria so. 1 and 2 also do have plenty of weird, awkward stuff in them, but I think you're mm. thinking of I'd... TLC. Yeah, two, two is, I like I like two a lot though. Actually, I think that's a really fun FMV game. Uh, okay. I think one is is infuriating. One has a really good Look, part where like it has the death scene where the lady's head gets ripped apart. That's oh neat. yeah, that that traumatized me as a ten year old because my friend his uh, dad had it on his computer, and the rest were like grand strategy games, which is boring as fuck if you're a ten year old. So I said, "Oh, Phantasmagoria, this looks pretty badass." So we played through the game, and I died at the end, because the ending part is the only time you need to, like, play with any kind of skill whatsoever. Yeah. And if you fuck up, the, the demon will come out and just rip Adrian's face in half, and she'll just be dangling there with her mangled face and fall over. And Should if, I play Phantasmagoria? Just yeah. look up the death scenes online. That's, that's all you need to see from it. Well, yeah. so I need to replace another game on this list. Uh, for reasons, and I've been trying to figure out what to put in there. So well, don't don't replace with Phantasmagoria. You can do something okay. better. Maybe do two. Long, longest it, journey or something. All right. Uh, so I get into this for a second. I wanted to play Brave Fencer Musashi, oh. uh, which is a game that I have no idea what kind of game it is. I've only ever seen like pictures of Musashi. Uh, I assume it's like an action RPG because it's by Square Enix. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I played. I've played the second one, and it pretty much is that. Uh, and so I sat down to play it, and it just black screens on the first cutscene. And apparently, that is a known like emulation is not supported for this on RetroPie. And I really don't want to play it on my computer because uh, I played Gex two and three on my computer, and it was awful. It was awful. Um, so I need to replace that with something else. So yeah, Phantasmagoria is a video I, game. I could play Harvester. Yeah, yes, sure. play that one. Don't play don't play Phantasmagoria, play yeah. Harvester. Harvester's way better. Harvester's yeah. full of gross shit too. I there was that <laughs> yes. cutscene of the kids eating that lady. Yeah. Yeah, but Har- Harvester is actually has a purpose. It's it's actually got a like a theme. Phantasmagoria is just a bunch of nonsense and then some violence and then it's over. Yeah, the end of Harvester is okay. depressing. We have a video up on our YouTube page of Danny and I playing some of Harvester. We skipped around at the Amelot and, and got to that child cannibalism scene. And uh, I did not know what to do, so I had like a katana, and I think I started cutting the kids in half, which yeah. was very alarming to me that the video <laughs> game allowed me to do that. Oh, yeah, like uh, at, at the beginning, I think you can like shoot the paper boy or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Or like the paper boy pulls out a gun and shoots yes, you yeah, or something it. along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Harvester is one meat. of the oh the like actual game. Some of the writing in it is some of the darkest shit I've ever seen in a game. Like your little brother is a is a vile monster. After a, another child dies, he goes over to the mom's house 
and he just hangs out for a bit and he has her make him a sandwich and when there's crust on it he has her take it back and like peel the crust off he's just little weird <laughs> sadistic shit like that yeah i think when you start the game he's like watching some cowboys and indian stuff on tv and is just an absolute dick to you yeah yeah it starts oh, like in that living yeah, room yeah maybe i should put yeah. a poster on there yeah, don't wow. play Phantasmagoria, though. I don't know why anyone would want to do that. Alright. Uh, look, you said a face got ripped apart, and, it, and I got very interested yeah, for a moment. Look at, the, the death the, scenes are yes. actually really well done. Yeah. Okay. I'll it's look also, up some YouTube videos after this. That's kind of the weird thing, is the production quality of the FMV in general is kind of bad. Like, they obviously put all the money into those death scenes. Uh, but yeah, just like, look at that on YouTube. You'll be fine. And wait a minute, this was supposed to be the Gex cast. What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Get back oh, to yeah. talk about Gex. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so what What can you really say about oh, Gex? Hold on a second. It's, hey, um... wait, hold on. I got, I got some Gex quotes here. Oh, excellent. Okay. This place is hotter than Tom quotes. Arnold's sauna pants. Now cut that out. Parentheses, <laughs> Gex also says this quote in a somewhat high pitch. Hey, look, it's Tarzan's bidet. Uh, someone yell, cut? I said, no starch. Uh, let's see, uh, is it just me, or am I engulfed in flames? Hey. I never heard that one, because I was very good at the video game. Where's Jane Fonda? <laughs> oh, this divides it into the European quotes. Oh. Well, that's helpful. When is huh. Grace Jones gonna retire? I don't know what that means. Me either. Here, uh, George, I'll read some. There are a lot of Geraldo references here. Well, you here's, know, Geraldo was big at the time. Yeah. Here's my favorite from Gex One. Gee, Scoob, let's get back to the mystery van. <laughs> oh, all right, that's yeah, a good one. The mystery van. That's what it was called. They, yeah. They didn't want to get sued. Yeah. For Gex. I also like on the wiki the uh, the mouse pointer is Gex's uh, handprint. Yeah. Also, I really like how it lists one of the uh, quotes when he gets hurt as Adrian with E N N E at the end because they apparently didn't. Whoever like put this on the wiki did not understand it was a reference to Rocky and Adrian. Oh, I I got one that is strangely prophetic. Uh, boys, Tron's not going to work once. It's not going to work twice. People did not like that second crap. movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's for 12 years of full house. Uh, lady, you gotta change your lint filter, which is really just good advice. <laughs> yeah. Phone call for Mr. Hoffa. That's after he, uh, <laughs> that's after he watched The Irishman. <laughs> oh, here's, here's a, here's a topical one. What are you, Larry King's barber? Haha, <laughs> you're alright. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between this and Hades is that there's no Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> oh, here's Fuck one that every Gex. here's one that every ten year old who plays Gex will get. Jimmy Hoffa, white courtesy phone. Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> he had two calls for Mister Hoffa jokes. He can't stop. <laughs> well, you know, every ten year old knows who Jimmy Hoffa is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what is I remember vividly about playing. Gecko? About playing Gex as a kid is not getting what anything he was saying. Yeah. 
and just thinking like, well, this must be funny. I just don't. All get I thought it. was, all I thought was this gecko never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I when I was a kid, I just saw on the cover it said HBO comedian Dana Gould. So I thought, oh well, he must be funny. And then you I played the game and thought, well, I understand well, I, some of these words. I want to go back to to that Hoffa reference with the white courtesy phone because I'm looking through these quotes and in the Kung Fu theater level, there's one that's Akira to white courtesy phone, Akira to white courtesy phone. So Gex is just reusing the same fucking joke, but yeah. just like swapping names out. Yeah, sure. If you notice the 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 that the English the quotes from Europe, there's like maybe six of them per level, but the American ones, it, Dana Gould worked overtime on this. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Kung Fu Theater one has exactly one quote in the European version of the game. Like that that's the thing is you can tell a lot of these were ad libbed by Dana Gould because of how many of them are like Planet of the Apes or Kolchak the Night Stalker or other like his favorite I've... subjects. Yeah, look again, I've seen Dana Gould's Twitter. I know that he was just he was riffing in the booth and they recorded everything and used it all. Oh yeah, can't throw anything. It's all gold. No. Look, you got enough space on that CD. It's Red Book Audio. You got Dana Gould in the booth. You're you're not going to scrap any of that stuff. I'm yeah. looking for a man called Scaramanga. Yeah. For for the kids who like the man with the golden gun. Yeah. All the quotes I was looking at um was um for Gex One. These are not Enter the Gecko. You know, I think Enter the Gecko is when Dana really hit his uh <laughs> his peak as far as voicing Gex goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, don't they reuse some of the lines from Enter the Gecko and Deep Cover Gecko? Like I think the Scatman things in both of them. I think they reuse ones from the first one in Enter the Gecko too. Oh yeah, they probably did. Well, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about the gameplay itself. It, it is, as you said, it does not control very also, good at all. So I really don't like X's double jump thing, what, like the, the springy thing sucks. One thing to note here, I don't know that the European quote thing is actually accurate. Because I know I I sat, <laughs> this says a lot about me, I sat and listened to the YouTube video that's just all quotes from Enter the Gecko from the <laughs> oh, PAL version. No. Just had it running. Just lean while. back in your chair, looking lobotomized, <laughs> listening to this shit. I'm just standing there, yeah, you know, staring like Rich Evans, um, listening to this. It's and, it's the scene from A Clockwork Orange. The Larry's <laughs> eyes are being held open to watch yeah. Gex quotes. Yeah, I've uh, had enough. I'll change my ways. But I know there were definitely quotes in here that made would have made no sense to a British audience, but he was still reading them. And maybe they aren't actually used in the game. I'm not sure. Like maybe this is just something data mined out of it. I don't know. Um, I kind of, but... if I could actually separate the audio enough from that scene in the Clockwork Orange, I would do that because the bit of him like screaming and begging for mercy, but in the background you have Gex going, "At least I'm not at the DMV," <laughs> would be very, very good. <laughs> but yeah, like okay, for example, I definitely remember him saying, "Carrot Top, is that you?" At one point. And so, like, Freddy, Jason, Jason, Freddy, like, things like that. It, it's so weird. You have to go listen to it. I wonder if, like, All they right. wanted, they were hoping that Leslie Phillips would, like, improvise some more English references. Maybe. Like, maybe more, like, Doctor Who stuff for the space level, maybe? And he just, he just did not want to. He, like, <laughs> looked at what, him. he looked at the game, he looked at the script, he was like, fuck this, I'm just gonna read 
this idiot's lines that he did. Yeah. Doctor Who, uh, white courtesy phone, white courtesy phone for <laughs> Doctor Who. See, like it just it's seamless. Yeah. <laughs> just slip it right in, no one would even notice. Yeah. Yeah, no, I the the movement to Gex is is very very bad. Uh, the camera in two is abysmal. At least like I had an easier time controlling the camera in three, so I think actually I like three better. Yeah, well that's the thing is three they locked the camera behind Gex. Yeah. And but I think the level design in two is better, which I know. Uh, damning with faint praise, but I actually do think that Gex has some good level design ideas. It's just built sure. around Gex. I mean, Gex 2 also has that level where it's like a bunch of mesh and brains and it has like Chu Isakawa music playing. Yeah, that level's like with that because that level is just a platforming level. It's no, there's yeah. no gimmicks. That one's actually the closest Gex gets to being fun. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun like, fact about that music, though. Do you want to know who composed that song for Gex? Yeah, you were telling me about this, but share with Kurt the rest Harland. Of Kurt Harland of Information Society. Oh. Famous for What's On Your Mind. Yeah. And uh, Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver. Yes. I like him a lot, and I like that song. It's yeah. the only good part of Gex's soundtrack, because the rest is, like, cacophony. I mean, so I will say about, like, the level design in Gex 2, I do think that it's better if you had locked the camera behind Gex. I would have a lot more fun playing that game. The mission objectives aren't as agonizing to complete as they are in 3, where it just feels like it's still bad in 2 that they don't let you just go and get all that stuff in one go, but it is even more pronounced and miserable in 3. That, like, by the end of 3, I was happy that I didn't need to get every single remote. Uh, that I could just look at some of those mission objectives and those later levels and just decide to pass on them. Um, with 2, though... I hated how you keep going back to previous levels. Like, the last three levels of that game, it's like, great, I gotta do the Haunted Castle again. Like, at least with three, each level is unique, and they are self-contained, and when you move on to the next one, you're not doing the same shit you were doing in the previous one. I don't I don't entirely... I think they do the Haunted level way too many fucking times. And the oh, yeah. final one, the, what is it, Poltergeist, that one's terrible. Terrible level. Mm. But I like the, the the prehistoric levels, I think, are fun. Space levels, I think they do some interesting things with. Uh, space levels, where you get the Deep Space Nine reference. So yeah, that's the pretty much the best one. The cartoon levels, I hate. Yeah, those aren't good. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm bothering like grading the Gex levels on a curve. <laughs> Alright, let's rank all the Gex levels. Um, uh, you know what's funny? Because I showed my friend uh, Gex... And he thought that the graphics, like, because it's on the story engine. (laughs) Would you show me this? Don't talk to me ever again. He thought he thought the graphics were actually pretty impressive because it is a Soul Reaver engine, which is an impressive engine for PS One era. Sure. But then I like let him play it for five minutes, and he was like, "Oh, I can feel exactly what's wrong with Gex." Like as soon as you start controlling him, your brain is immediately like, "Whoa, what is going on?" you kind of have that realization of why they didn't continue to make EX games, but then also it dawns on you that they made enough money to make three EX games, and then that is, like, confusing in of itself. You know what would have been a really demoralizing job to have is being, like, the director of the Gex games while Soul Reaver is getting developed next door? 
Oh, sure. I was going to say voicing Gex, but that also is very depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, did they make any other Gexes outside of, like, these three? I know that there was, like, Game Boy Color games, but, like, I don't know if they made any more Gex after no, Deep Cover Gex. Okay. They, they, they focused yeah. all cylinders on Soul Reaver. I So I almost had a moment where I wanted to get these on the Nintendo 64, because, of course... It was only the two kind of... on 64, right? I thought Deep Cover well, Gecko I... was on 64, but maybe not. Well, it was they, I, I, they renamed I... it just Gex 64. It had him dressed as Stone Cold on the cover for some reason. Oh, yeah, he makes Stone Cold references yeah. in 3. I had yeah. Gex, Gex 316, Gecko on maybe. 64 as a kid, because I remember I went with my dad to buy a new game, and he's like, hey, you want this one with the Gecko with the laser gun? I said, yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> And, Still shaken and thus, by Phantasmagoria, and you're looking for an escape, and you're like, ah, this this gecko's got sunglasses on. That seems like a good time. And then I then I discovered I I closed one door of darkness and opened up another. That's right. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the gecko was on sixty four, and then I guess Gex sixty four was actually Gex three. Yes. Is that right. Yeah. So that Gex sixty four removes a couple. It removes Poltergex. And then it adds in a brand new level, and it's a water level. Oh boy! You have no yeah. idea what roller coaster you just sent me on. Where like for a moment <laughs> I was like, "Shit, I should have played the Nintendo 64 version. I wouldn't have had to play that Poltergeist level again." And then water level, and I came crashing back down. <laughs> like you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The Titanic level is is better than the Poltergeist level. I find that very hard to believe, but you're the Gexpert here, so... No, you're not, wanna... you're not going to believe this. Gex underwater controls better than Gex on land. <laughs> you're right, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't either. Um, I, but I had that debate of, should I buy the cards for these? And then I settled on, like, well, you could fit more Dana Gould onto the disc, and so probably the lines would not repeat as much, which sounds like is correct. Uh, but it was a similar calculation to me when I was considering buying Mega Man 64, which is, of course, Mega Man Legends, and then thinking, like, oh, I bet that looks like fucking shit on the Nintendo 64. I should just emulate this on the P on the PS1. And so I've I've done that instead. Uh, but yeah, I I would, first of all, I would not recommend that anybody play Gex. But if you're going well, the... to, probably the PlayStation 1 version. Well, the benefit of the 64 version is that the load times are way faster. That's true. Because yeah. when you boot up when you boot up Gex, um you have to wait through you have to like skip that that stupid opening sequence. It has to load up the level and then once you beat the level oh, you can God. wait for it to finish saving, loading. Whereas the sixty four it's a little more seamless and you can just turn your TV's volume off. I like that the the animation leading up to just selecting your save file and enter the gecko is basically just like the one in medieval uh and they're both bad because you can't skip them just this long pan through a graveyard in order to get to your like save data I hate it don't don't do that don't put that in At, video games the the end of the gecko one feels like they're just showing off all the cool things they did with ps1 hardware yeah i mean like, like the credits sequence where they're going through like the kung fu level and and that opening area and that that really good song is playing like that's neat actually i like that just don't make me sit through it every time i boot the game up whereas gex 60 gex enter the gecko 64 you boot it up the polygon of gex walks up to the screen 
he says, it's tail time, and then he walks oh. off, and that's it. All right, well, maybe the N64 one is the superior version, then. Uh, <laughs> although, again, I would just simply recommend do not play Gex. Yes, I would recommend anyone who's interested in playing Gex to... Do literally anything else with your life. <laughs> Reevaluate <laughs> your life and, and the steps you've taken to lead yours. Yeah, no, I feel like I've been swindled by playing these games. I, I feel like you tweeted about Gex enough that I got interested in it. And this was all some sort of like sick gaslighting plot on your part to torment people with Gex. And I fell make... for it because I have potato I'm... brains. I'm trying to turn Gex into a mimetic virus where everyone will start <laughs> playing it because they hear about it enough been infected with the gex virus dylan are you ashamed of your words and deeds absolutely not <laughs> me either this is why i can't sleep that night anymore i played gex and it damaged my brain and some poor i gotta see a neurologist now george, george george is in bed just shaking and he's like flipping and turning and he just hears it's tail time <laughs> this is my not, way to the top this is not far off from how i slept last night uh i had told larry before this i had dreamed about being uh, Mega Man from Mega Man Legends having to kick a can into a very small hole in order <laughs> yeah. to like progress to a different mission and I woke up and was like fuck sleep and just stayed awake so I'm just gonna walk out into hours. his living room he's gonna have after a night of uneasy dreams he's gonna wake up and find that he's turned into Gex <sighs> no I'll get I'll David Carradine myself off of this planet before Gex that happens uh, and then he, then he walks out of the living room and he sees Gex on his TV looking at him, staring at him. Did you know they put Gex in this Fallout mod, so they had to delete it from the internet? <laughs> Did you know there was a novelization of Gex Three? What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it says that it says that Gex's name is actually short for Gecko Extraordinaire. This company who, made good who, games, you know. They they had good games that they put out. It's a whole eighty developers Tomb Raider. Well, never mind. I take it back. They never made anything worth playing. Hey, how dare you? Uh, the Tomb Raider reboots. Yes, sure. Although by that point, it's a completely different staff, so it doesn't really count. Chapter yeah. one. Actually, I like. We go like back a long way, Rez and I. Oh, by the oh, way, no. I'm Gex, short for Gecko Extraordinaire. Dylan, anyway. you found a PDF we need to pull the plug on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, I've been fighting Rez Wait, for a long time. This. Since way before I saw the report on the TV news telling me Rez had kidnapped my beautiful partner, Agent Extra, and pulled her into the media dimension. I'm going to have to go back there and rescue her, but I get ahead of myself. This will be my third trip into the media dimension. I just barely survived the first two tours, and now I've got to go back in. It's going to be Check deja ouch here. all over again. <laughs> message me about the TV. Yes. What, uh, what does Deja Ouch mean? I don't know. Only that first uh, page is on the wiki, unfortunately. It's oh. it's 80 pages long. Yeah. Um, the writer of it has also worked on Paw Patrol, Puppy Birthday to You. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I appreciate how... A Star Wars the, book. The scan of the back cover has a price tag on it for 69 cents. Nice. Yeah. I think that might be too much for it. I mean, its retail price was three fifty. Well, you can buy a copy oh, off Amazon for, for $5.99 with free shipping. 
I just kind of feel like you've committed to Gex as an identity at this point, and that you should probably buy that. I'm going to. I, the, all of them are free shipping. Like, these people want to get rid of this Gex book. Like, it yeah. carries some kind of darkness. Th this is why we have media mail, so you can ship people copies of the Gex novelization at little cost. What if the Gex novel is like the king in yellow, and that you read it and you get to a certain point where you can't stop reading it, and it eventually just like microwaves your brain? Again, Gex is a mnemonic virus. So you're eventually saying, like, whoa, woe to him who is crowned the crown of the king and Gex. <laughs> well, I am going to buy it, so. Of course, okay. of course. If I die a mysterious death, it was because of the book. God. Well, I don't think it's fair to rate the Gex games because they don't deserve a rating. Uh, I like the first se. one. I mean, the first one is the closest to an actual video game. Like I said, it's like a side-scrolling thing. The first one's fine. The first Gex is okay. It was originally made for 3DO, and I think for 3DO, it looks pretty impressive. Um, I've played probably it on Saturn. one of the best games on the 3DO, honestly. I first played it on Saturn, and I liked it a lot. And when I replayed it recently, I thought it was still pretty fine. I put it as a solid like 6 out of 10 platformer for that era. I mean, if you really think about it, all of this is Trip Hopkins' fault. <laughs> all of it. Everything. You mean 3D in the world? 3D poison the well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got to do a, a 3DO stream this week. So, looking forward to it. Plumbers uh, don't wear ties. <laughs> uh, we're going to do the launch games for the 3DO. So, we, was, we will be playing some stuff. Was that the Need uh, for Speed? Was that one of the launch games? Uh, I don't, don't want to spoil. Game. I don't want to spoil the launch list. I don't want you to look up the launch list, Larry. You need to promise me that I'm uh, not, because it's I got I got a fun. Okay, good. I got a fun thing I'm going to do. Um, also, we will be. Uh, I need to go check them out, and make sure that they are are good enough to actually sit down and watch. But I found a couple more CDI tapes, and since apparently people didn't like the thing I did with Sonic, which bums me out because I thought it was good. But whatever. I mean, it was a funny uh, idea. To... It just uh, made it hard to actually watch. Yeah, which is why I put the link to the damn video in the description. Um, but maybe watch a couple more of those without something overlaid on top of it, and uh, we'll we'll comment on on those to kind of make up for it. Um, but yeah, anyway, did, to get back to Gex, of course. I think I don't think it's fair to rate the Gex games. I think that we should just say our favorite quote from Enter the Gecko, and then our favorite quote from Deep Cover Gecko, and and let that stand for whatever it's worth. So, Dylan, would you like to start out? Uh, yes. Let me pull up the Deep Cover Gecko quotes to make sure I remember. Yeah, I'm having a look at because favorite... I don't know these uh, by heart. My favorite from uh, Enter the Gecko is in the space level when he says, Move out of the way, Roseanne. That, yeah, that is pretty I good. I don't get the context. Well, Roseanne was quite large at that time, so I think it's well, a fat joke. What does she have to do with space? Because she takes up space, because she's fat. I'm not fat shaming, by the way. This is the this is this what is the developers Gex. of Enter the Gecko intended. This is, I'm just this is in the text of Gex. Yeah, you're not saying yes. this. Gex is saying this. Exactly. I'm just I'm making everyone aware of the content. 
my my like favorites if, are always it's like if you, be... if you if you've read to kill a mockingbird you have to say the n-word it's in the book it's the same thing <laughs> yeah my, my favorite from Holbrook. my favorite from deep covered gecko is the pentagon spent 25 million dollars for this one level because I appreciate it. I appreciate it when game characters know the game they're in sucks. Um, oh, God, there's so many good ones in Enter the Gecko. It's really oh. hard for me to settle on just one of them. But I do like Meet Gex Gecko. Because it's just such a fucking shitty line. Like, I don't even know what it means. Here's one that I do think they changed for the uh, UK version. In the US one, it was, This place is bigger than Drew Carey's bar tab. And then the UK one, it's Oliver Reed's bar tab. Ah, alcoholism. But no, my my answer is, do I amuse you like a clown? (laughs) Of course. Um, No, I do like from from two, first sign of an Ewok, I'm out of here, because it's just very relatable. I feel like I'm in the whiz. Ah. Uh, and of course, I, I my like... favorite from Deep Cover Gecko is Axe in the Chest for Scatman Crothers. Uh, <laughs> from Stockholm Syndrome? It, yeah, just he said it enough that it came around for me. So, ow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like, his, I like his line in Enter the Gecko about Adam Sandler, about how Gex doesn't find him funny. <laughs> Whoa. I do kind of like... I think that is exactly Gex's kind of humor. Last house is Gex. I like all this technology so fat guys can hear Rush Limbaugh. Good one, Gex. Oh, God. Hi, I'm looking for two small girls who sing for Mothra. That one's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I get that one. Asian level, so like Gex is just saying things he knows about Asia at that point. Like, there's one that's just like, hey, this reminds me of Jackie Chan's bathroom. And, like, the only connective tissue there is as a level set in China, and Jackie Chan is Chinese. That's it. I at least understood the the Mothra one as a kid, because I like Godzilla movies. So, that reference, I was like, oh, hey, I get that one. Yeah. Makes more sense than I'm lost in Dick Dale's colon. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, kids love Dick Dale. Two, why is that in the Kung Fu level? Why is it not Richard Gere? I don't know. Feels like I'm trapped in Boy George's pants. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, okay. yeah, okay, sure. We need to end this podcast. I've hey, said wait, everything no, I could possibly to, say about Gex. What about our favorite quotes from Gex Three? Oh, I already said mine. The Scatman oh. Crothers and and Dylan shared his as well. So it's just oh. uh, what is yours? Oh, I was just looking at two. Uh, but let me see here. Uh, but. There's nothing I better mean, than a good menthol in the morning. <laughs> uh, Larry, do me a favor. Dial Control 1010, F- let my people go. <laughs> oh, no. That's in Tut Fuck TV. Fuck you, Gex. <laughs> Which is worse, that or the leprechaun saying, free at last, free at last? <laughs> I mean, probably the leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> But the Leprechaun is, like, objectively funnier than Gex ever is at, oh, like, any point, so... I, I thought your favorite from 3 was gonna be, uh, I'm dressed like an usher at a gay rodeo. Oh, yeah, true, because oh, it, just God. because it, just because it reminds me of the gay rodeo line from King of the Hill. Yeah. 
I need you to do me a favor, though, since you're on the page for three. Can you control F white courtesy phone? I need to see if Gex reuses the same white courtesy phone joke again in three. Uh, no, my it does gun not instinct look like is it. he. Oh, I'm so sure he would have. Well, here's here's another quote from the anime channel. That's kind of him reusing one of his classic bits. Hey, I'm in George Jetson's colon. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Why is he so right. many colons? Gex loves ass, man. Oh, okay. Gex is a butt guy. <laughs> Gex is just... It's just wretched. I just hate the little vermin. If I <laughs> ever saw him lady. in my home... Yeah, he, he, makes a tongue, he makes a tongue joke before he does it, too, is the thing. The, so, the, like, the developer, the developer of the Frontier who got canned is the guy who directed this game. <laughs> oh, that's why all, there's, all the lizard sex in the sewers is because he was, uh... All right, hold on. Let remember, me rule 34 to Gex and just see what pops up. I, you know, if you look up Gex right now, one of the first results, for some reason, is Gex in a big diaper. Because uh, he has, like, a bunch of diaper jokes that he makes in the King Tut level, which makes no sense. It makes no sense. I don't know what diapers has to do with, like, King Tut and, like, Egyptian stuff. Is it, like, he's wearing, a, a like, a loincloth or something, and, like, that's like a diaper to I him? I think that's the joke, yeah. It's not I a good like, joke. No, it's not. I feel like getting getting George to play this could probably get me tried as, like, psychological torture. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking you to court. I'm it's filling like, out an FBI against... report right now. <laughs> I think it's in the Geneva Convention that no no one in wartime should be forced to play Gex. Yeah, this is what they did at Abu Ghraib. They uh, made him play Gex. <laughs> Get everyone naked, oh, stack them in a pyramid, and make them play Gex. Yep. That's what the lady was pointing at time. in that picture. She's pointing at a TV playing Gex. Yeah. And she was saying, licking my way to the top. <laughs> Oh no, because they're stacked in a pyramid and they're naked. Oh. All right, anyway, I need to pick up this TV from the ketamine lady. So uh, that's been the podcast. I'm going to watch Irreversible. You like having a good time? <laughs> I'm gonna, after I'm this, gonna watch, after thinking of the, of, uh... the morose, miserable nature of Gex, you got to watch something a little more upbeat to unwind. Yeah. Like yeah. a Gaspar Noe film. Yeah. <laughs> Just filling my ears with that Thomas Benjolte soundtrack, which makes you feel uh, I wish, uh, ill. <laughs> I wish he would do a Gex movie, Gaspar Noé. Yeah, sure. They should. They should bring back Gex. Also, they brought back Irre- Bubsy. They should bring Irreversible. Back Gex. That opening scene. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where like that, that horrible drone that's playing that makes you feel like you're gonna throw up. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, you do throw up. Yeah. You just get violently ill. There's a there's a bit in in Hitman where my game glitched and I poisoned this guy's whiskey and he just went over to some railing and started to puke nonstop and I couldn't get him to stop puking, like I couldn't get his AI back on track so he's just con- continually throwing up. Anyway, I had to push him over the railing and then everybody shot me to death. <laughs> It's, look, you guys, you guys had vomited. It reminded me of a thing. Well, I'm going to watch some fantastic Oreo footage. Yeah. That's it for this week. Yeah. We'll see you good, next time. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Oh. Do you think Dana Gould's on, on, like, on Fiverr? Could we get him to say goodbye, dinosaurs? And we could Probably end every not. podcast with Dana Gould saying goodbye, dinosaurs? 
be pretty good if he was, but I don't think so. I'm. I should just tweet at Dana Gould and ask him, would you be willing to record yourself saying goodbye, dinosaurs? No, ask him if he would be willing to reprise his role of Gex for a fan film. <laughs> really, I I think that Directed this... Directed by Gaspar Noé. <laughs> if only we had more people listening to the podcast, I could leverage that count and get Dana Gould to come on, and then we can interview him. And by interview, I mean ask him why. Yeah. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Akira, white courtesy phone, paging Akira.